In today's episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'm going to be sharing with you a framework that you can use if you have a loved one, whether a friend, family member, or coworker who is dealing with mental health illness or mental health challenges. This framework is a three-step process that you can use to guide you through supporting them, particularly if you're not really sure what you're supposed to be doing to help. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all know someone who is dealing with a mental health challenge, and that could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be OCD, so obsessive compulsive disorder, it could be bipolar. We all have someone in our lives who is dealing with some form of mental health challenge or illness. The thing is that most of us don't know what to do to help them. And even if you have studied psychology in school, even if you are a mental health professional, when it comes to your loved ones, things are very, very different. And sometimes it can feel very overwhelming trying to decide what to do. One day you're trying to be helpful, and then it seems like your efforts are making things worse. One day you try to step back, and it seems like even that's not helping. And so what do you do? And so in this episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'm going to be sharing with you three steps that you can take just to help you organize your thoughts and organize your process and organize your approach to helping someone that you know who is struggling with their mental health. And the framework that I'm offering you is ACE. And ACE stands for Accept, Control, and Encourage. So Accept, Control, and Encourage. So talking about accept. And acceptance, this is something that might be very hard for you fixers and doers and problem solvers out there. Those of you who, as soon as you see an issue, you immediately go into superwoman mode to try and fix it because you're smart, you're resourceful, you know how to find answers, you solve problems. That's one of the things that you're good at. But believe me when I say that trying to fix things for your loved one who is struggling with mental health can sometimes make the situation far worse for you, for them, and for your relationship. Just a couple of days ago, a patient of mine was expressing to me the guilt and shame that she was experiencing because of her depression. She would have these cyclical bouts of depression, and during those times, she would confide in a family member who immediately would go into this, I need to fix this. What can we do to fix this? You know, where do we need to go? Who do we need to talk to? Into that kind of mode. And what that did for my patient was make her feel like a burden to those around her. It was a very, very heavy weight on her shoulders. It was causing her to have a lot of dark thoughts. It was causing her to have days when she would just stay in bed with her thoughts sort of going into darker and darker places. 
She actually came up with an analogy when we were talking a couple of days ago to describe what it was like. She said, it's like being born with a missing limb, Uh, let's say a leg, a missing leg. And every time you lose your balance, your loved one starts to panic and freak out and say, how do we fix your missing leg? Because somehow you are broken or incomplete without it. Or they say things like, here we go again. I thought you'd learn to balance with one leg by now. Are you ever going to stop falling? Will you ever survive in the world if you don't learn to balance, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's very important for you to show concern and empathy for your loved one. However, this should be done tactfully so that they don't end up misconstruing or misinterpreting your concern for feeling like they are a burden or a problem in your life that needs to be fixed or needs to be solved or them feeling like an embarrassment. The first step in this ACE process of helping your loved one with a mental illness is to accept them for who they are, as they are. They are someone who you love who also happens to have a mental illness or a challenge. Okay, so that's the A in ACE, accept. Two is control. And I'm not saying you should try and control your loved one or control their healing journey or control how they feel. No, that's not what we're talking about. I'm actually talking about you controlling your thoughts and your emotions. And if you're in the space where you can't control your thoughts and your emotions concerning your loved one and their mental illness, you might not be the right source of support for them at this time. If you find yourself reacting emotionally to your loved one's symptoms of anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, you might need to take a step back and work on your ability to regulate your emotions and your actions before acting as a source of support to someone else. This is critically important because if every time your loved one expresses their sadness or feelings of loneliness and you find yourself getting offended or angry or dramatically emotional, then please remove yourself from the situation immediately and go and learn the skills required to stay steady on the platform as your loved one is going through their roller coaster of emotions. You need to be an anchor. You need to be a source of consistency and a source of support. You can't get on the roller coaster with them because that's not helping anyone. And if to date you found yourself reacting and getting emotional, please don't be hard on yourself because the truth is that these skills of self-regulation, regulating your thoughts, regulating your emotions, most of us don't know how to do that. But exercises like focusing on your breathing in those moments where you feel the tension rising, focusing on sounds, distant sounds, near sounds, Focusing on colors and the intensity of colors in those moments when you feel like you're about to react to your loved one's emotions and their feelings. Doing things like this can help interrupt the thoughts that you're having. And we know that thoughts drive emotions such as offense, anger, and sadness. And those emotions then drive our behavior. So whether that is shutting down on your loved one in moments when they need you the most. So in short, learn to control your emotions such that you're responding thoughtfully and empathetically instead of reacting based on your thoughts and your feelings. 
So then this begs the question, right? What do I do to support my loved one while I'm learning to work on my own thoughts and my own emotions and I'm learning to control all of that? And that brings us to the E of this framework. So again, A is accept, C is control, E is to encourage. Encourage them to seek professional help from someone who is licensed, who is qualified, and who is skilled to help them. I know in certain communities, there's such a big stigma around mental health and seeking professional help. But the truth is that everyone can benefit from unbiased, unattached, professional perspective and guidance to help overcome, whether it's stress, anxiety, worry, whatever it might be, we all can benefit from having a professional to talk things through. And so encouraging your loved one to get professional help is so important. Even if you are the type of person who's able to regulate your own emotions and control your thoughts and all of that, at the end of the day, you're not a therapist. And even if you are, your bias is always going to be there and get in the way and cloud your judgment. Okay, so encouraging your loved one to get professional help is so important. And yes, I'll be the first to admit that access to professional mental health support and counseling and all of that is a big challenge. Therapists are overbooked, many are burnt out, and they can also be quite pricey. But there are options if you're willing to look and you're willing to be resourceful. Depending on where you live, start with a Google search. Look for a therapist in your area. Some clinics actually offer discounted prices based on your budget or if they have a trainee in-house, or if the therapist is still qualifying, their prices might be discounted too. Reach out to training facilities as well. So certain schools, for example, they might have clinical programs that require their students to see patients or clients. And because these are still students, their rates are also discounted, but you get the benefit of someone who has been trained because usually these are final year students who have gone through several years of education and therapy training, but because they're still in school, their prices are also discounted. If you're in Canada, which is where I am, certain provinces like Alberta and Ontario have therapists who are medical doctors. And this is important to know because what that means is that your sessions are covered by the government as long as you have a valid health card. So in Ontario, that would be at OHIP card, the therapy services would be covered, okay? You don't pay for these services out of pocket. You don't even need a third-party insurance to get involved. And so there are options that you can research for your loved one on their behalf to connect them to a professional that can support them on their journey to feeling better, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed and trying to Help them the best that you can, but you're realizing that it's not quite enough. All that to say, you can ace your support for your loved one who struggles with mental health by one, accepting them as they are, two, controlling your thoughts and emotions around their challenges, and three, encouraging them to seek professional help. And so we've come to the end of this episode. I do hope you found it helpful and useful. And if you did, please, please share it with a friend. To end this episode with a quote, this is a serenity prayer that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. And it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. 
And until next time, remember that I am always here fiercely advocating for your happiness. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Di, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.